Okay, and so today we are going to be in the book of Romans. Please open up to chapter 6 if you're not there already. Romans chapter 6. We also, as you can tell at the front here, we're going to have our time of communion. Every first Sunday we gather uh, on site for a time of communion with the church family. So we'll have that at the end. And stick around, we also have an announcement to make after everything's done. But please stand with me if you're able to. We're going to start from Romans 6, verse 12. Romans chapter 6, starting from verse 12. It says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. Verse 6. So that to whom you present yourself slave, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. Please pray with me. Father in heaven, thank you, God, again for your holy word. Lord, we ask that you would open up your word to us, that we would understand your word, God. Help us to see these things, Lord, as even as we study through this book that we call Romans, we now come to a place that for those of us as born-again Christians, we have a, a new life that's in Christ now. It's no longer in Adam. We no longer are slaves to sin and to Satan. Now, Lord, we want you to be Lord. We are your servants. Even as Paul uses the term here, like being a, a slave, Lord. We're either a slave to one or the other. There's only those two options, God. But we ask that you would open up our understanding of your holy word. Help us as we traverse through this book. We come to this place, Lord, that really teaches us about what we call our sanctification. Lord, how you're continually setting us apart for your use, your good, and for our holiness. That you would train us for holiness. Oh, so we ask, Father, empower us by the Holy Spirit. Help us, God. We invite you in here, Lord for you to search our hearts speak to us i believe you're going to be speaking to maybe a person maybe some perhaps all of us here god through your word have your way with us for we ask in jesus name amen thank you guys you guys could have a seat if you would some of you guys might remember but president abraham lincoln he had this thing called an emancipation what proclamation that was for january 1st 1863 this is a snapshot picture of it. you can't really see it and read it you have to zoom in close but this emancipation proclamation declared quote that all person all persons held as slaves end quote within the rebellious states i believe there's 11 rebellious states at that time quote are and are henceforward shall be Free. Guess how many people died? How many soldiers died during the Civil War? Any guesses? 
I could have known. Okay. Oh, it's there. <laughs> you guys are paying attention. Roughly 620,000 is an estimate. So 620,000 soldiers died between 1861 to 1865 in a very bloody civil war. That's our past, unfortunately. So praise God for this emancipation proclamation. So during the time that he was giving this proclamation, the United States was approaching its third year of civil war and estimation of about 620,000 soldiers died on both sides. But I want to submit to you today that a different kind, but a similar kind of slavery still exists today. There is a slavery that still exists today. And this is what Romans chapter 6 is about. We must be able to grasp this. A lot of times we'll look at certain things in Christendom, even within this glorious book called Romans, and we might cherry pick a verse here, one there. What are some quotes? What are some scriptures we might remember from Romans? Wages, sin is death. Okay, so we remember these certain things, right? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Here's a new one maybe for some, comma, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Out of the King James and New King James Version Bibles. So there's a different kind of slavery that still exists today. And it has a different kind of master. And this is what we're going to look at here in Romans chapter 6. But just like the Civil War, where a lot of blood had to be shed in order to set people free from slavery, it was a precious blood of Jesus that had to be shed on the cross at Calvary in order to free you and I from the slavery of sin and Satan. We must know and we must remember this. Now, if we can traverse not just through the first five chapters of Romans, but as we get to and through chapter 6, this is what this is about. And I'm going to say today in our title for this message, you must choose your master. You must choose your master. I'm going to display this on the screen. Hopefully you can see this here. Notice what he says here in verse 16 again. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey... You are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. So you need to know that not just according to the Bible, which is the word of truth, but also in practical reality of this truth as a living flesh and blood human being, there are only two choices that you and I have in life. Two choices as we get to Romans chapter 6 that you and I are either obeying sin or obeying Jesus Christ. Just to put it real simple. So whomever is your master, according to verse 16, is the one whom you obey. Now some of us were rescued out of things like the worship of money. That was me. Was that anybody else? I used to go to Las Vegas, a land of lost wages. I lived in California. Unfortunately... The problem with living in Southern California is always like, hey, it's just a couple hours away driving. You drive real fast. <laughs> and I have my, my friends like, I feel it. I feel it. Let's go. You know it. 
they always feel wrong, right? Like, they didn't feel it. You know what it was? They feel their money, like, flying away. They should never listen. And I got caught up in that. So for me, it, I'm just telling you, it's like, the pastor of this church? Yeah. Now, that was in Adam. I don't want to give honor and glory to that. I've repented from that. But that's where I was at. And money used to be my God. And whoever is your master, whoever is your God, you will be just like your God. How many of you guys know that? So if money is your master, money is your Lord, and you are a slave to money, you will be just like money. Cold, cruel, calculating, legalistic. That's how money is. A lot of times people lose friendships over money. Has that been anybody here? You could lose a friendship over money, right? Sometimes family squabbles. Dumbest things. It's like, after you die, what happens to that money? It stays here, right? So think about that. So choose your master. There are only two masters. You only have two choices. And whomever is your master is the one, quote, whom you obey. Oh, I don't have a master. My master is whatever I choose in life. Then guess who your master is? Satan. By default, if you do not have Jesus Christ as your master, you are already serving Satan. Now you came here and you're like, I wish I didn't come here today. <laughs> I just I want to tell you God's word of truth, even how he outlines it. You only have two choices here. Okay? So we traverse through Romans chapter six. If you you get through chapters one through three, four, five, and now you're saved, oh yes. Or this is already where you've been. We now come to chapter 6. You've got to choose your master. So if sin is your master, then to obey sin leads to what? Death. How many of you guys know that? We know that. Like, oh, I'm getting away with it. Look, God hasn't spake to me yet. And your Christian friends are like, wow, what's happening with that? What's up with that guy? So God don't play, and nobody gets away with that. Think about that, whether it's me or you. We're learning about this when we study Second Samuel with David. It goes on and on. He tries to hide coverages like Adam and Eve, right? Tries to cover up. Remember how he murdered who? Uriah. And he had adultery with who? With Bathsheba. So according to Torah, according to the law, they both deserve to die. Not just David, also Bathsheba. Now we're looking at strictly just the Bible, just God's word. And as king, he was to uphold justice according to Torah. God even had the kings, when they come into the promised land, they had to handwrite their own copy. All five books? Yeah, that's a lot of chapters, right? 50 chapters in Genesis, 40 chapters in Exodus. That's a lot. In Hebrew, think about that. I'm still having trouble with English. But they had to handwrite all these things so they'd remember this and that they would oversee with justice, but not according to what their thoughts are, but God's opinion, which is only found in His Word. And if Jesus is their master, and if Jesus is Lord, He's your master, He's your Lord, Lord indicates a relationship. If he's Lord, guess what you are? Servant. Servant. Think about that. Oh, I don't want to serve Jesus. Well, you're not going to like eternity because there are two pictures in eternity that you and I are after we're dead out of these bodies, these shells. One of them is we're going to be worshipers. Another one is we're going to be servants. I don't like serving God. I don't like worship. You're not, either you're not saved. You're probably not saved then. Or you're not going to like eternity. So we're practicing now, okay? And we need to exhort and encourage each other now. So if Jesus is your master, then Jesus is your Lord, and your, quote, obedience to Jesus leads you to what, according to the word? Leads you to righteousness. 
God, I'm having problems with righteousness. I know your spirit convicts me of what? Sin, righteousness, and judgment we learn from Jesus in the Gospels, in the book of John. I need to choose righteousness. I need to choose like Jesus does. I don't want to be like the world. That phrase, what would Jesus do? That's actually a worldly phrase. Uh, right, I like what another person said. What did Jesus do? That's biblical. Okay? We can't speculate. don't have to speculate. What did he do? And that's what he wants us to see, what he's already preached to us, and what he wants us to take, preach from pulpits, preach to your own hearts, share with the world. Right? So we want to choose holiness, choose righteousness, and he gives us the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit to choose. Any of you guys know when you spend time with him, especially before your day gets all crazy hectic, and you listen just like we, we sang, right? Word of God speak. You're spending time in the Word of God. You're spending time like his, like at His feet like Mary, Luke chapter 10. Have a quiet heart, have a quiet time with the Lord that you would what? That you would hear His voice, you'd hear His correction and His direction. Spending time in His Word and obeying in His presence. And His presence is fullness of what? A joy. Oh, Lord, I just want to hear from you. You hear from Him. And then He's going to train you for what? Holiness. For righteousness. Okay, so we have to choose Him as Master, as Lord. Please understand that. We can't just give Him lip service and say, You are Lord. Jesus says in the Gospels, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? So he pays attention, doesn't he? If I call him Lord, it's indicative of a relationship. And that relationship is, he's Lord. you got one Lord who has many servants. There's only one Lord. The problem I have had, and still have issues with time to time, truth be told, is who's Lord of my life? I want him to be Lord. And guess what i got to do daily? Surrender to him. Right? Like it says in Luke 9, verse 23, you want to come after him? What does he say? Three-step program. Step one, deny. Deny self. Step two, take up your cross. And he says, how often? Luke 9, verse 23, daily, daily, not monthly, not periodically. Anybody could do that if it's like even monthly. Daily, I got to live a self-crucified life. Why? Because you are Lord. Yeah, not only holidays, right? Christmas and Easter. Okay, so if Jesus is your master, then he's your Lord. And as you obey him, you're going to have to force yourself to obey. Anybody know that? Raise your hand. Do you know that? You have to force yourself to obey. You may have had to force yourself to obey even coming here today. Why? Because Jesus is Lord. My flesh is not Lord. (laughs) My my fleshly comforts. Next Sunday is what? Super Bowl. It's always the guys that know that, right? (laughs) There's going to be people just realistically that are like, ah, I don't know if I should spend time with Jesus. Come on, you understand. Super Bowl. Okay, ah, I don't want to go crazy over it. I'll take off my shirt, paint my body the team colors, and go fanatic because I'm a fan. But some people won't even mention the name Jesus at work. Right? Think about it. Why? Because I don't want to be crazy. I don't want to be a fanatic. That's a term fan. Okay? So understand who you're obeying and how God wants to use your life. So if Jesus is your master, then he's your Lord, and your obedience to Jesus will lead you to righteousness. So as you spend time daily at the Lord's feet, in his presence, he's going to whisper things to your heart, isn't he? 
Forget the person that says, oh, no, God don't speak to you. He only speaks here. I remember going to a church when I was young. Heard this heresy. Walked through the door. I was a kid. Walked through the door. The pastor's like, and he was right, but not theologically completely accurate. He would say, oh, this, when you read his, the Bible, this is him speaking to you. And when you pray, this is you speaking to him. And we don't teach out of the Old Testament. This is what a, a, someone told me as I walked into the church fellowship. I'm like, oh, okay. We only teach out of the New. Well, that's only one-third of the Bible. And like, wow, you're missing it then. So God will speak to me, not just through his word, but also, doesn't he live within the born-again Christian? Yes, according to what Jesus says in John's Gospel. All three, Father, Son, and Spirit. And so what happens, as I become born again, as we learn in this book, especially the book of Romans, we're born physically, but we're born spiritually dead. And because of Adam, I now have that identity. Once I'm born, I'm born a sinner, and I sin because of that identity, because of dad. We'll climb up the ladder even further, because of Adam. Through one man, sin entered in, says in Romans. So because of that, I have that identity from birth as a sinner, and therefore I sin. This is why you don't have to teach children how to sin. You don't have to teach them how to lie, how to hide, how to cover up. That's Genesis chapter 3. Right? Who are the cookie? And they got like chocolate all over the face. I don't know. My, my brother did. <laughs> you know? Me and my sister used to do that lie. You get older. My mom had I think she understood. I think a lot of parents, they, they know a lot of things that the kids don't. So anyhow. Let's continue on. We have to choose our master. Whoever is your master is the one, quote, whom you obey. And each of us will be, quote, slaves to one. Don't get offended by the term. We'll be slaves. Another translation will say servant. And a lot of people, they get offended by it. I don't want to be a servant. I want to be the master. All right? You know what that is? That's actually the way of Satan. Satan wanted to be master. Right? Isaiah's book mentions the I wills of Satan where he says, I will be like the most high God. So he wanted to be God. He wasn't okay just being the servant. So whoever is your master is the one whom you obey. Each of us are going to be slaves to the... Look at this again in verse 16. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? You only got two choices, guys. You are that one slaves... Whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death, notice the multiple choice, only two choices. Either you're going to be a slave to sin that leads to death, or you're going to be a slave, a servant to obedience, which is meaning that Jesus is your Lord, that leads to what? Righteousness. So as you spend time with the Lord, he's going to whisper things to your heart as you want to hear from him, as you read his word. His still small voice. Sometimes it'll seem like it's shouting, right? And he's going to want to correct you. He's going to want to direct you. Thy word I've hidden in my heart that I might not what? Sin against thee. Right? And thy word's like a lamp to my feet. He's going to show you you first. A lot of us want to preach and tell others. Why? I like telling people what to do. The Holy Ghost is using his word to speak to which heart. Point to which heart he's speaking to first. Yours. Right? That's why sometimes you might be, I used to chuckle, like listen to a message, like, oh, this one's good. I maybe listen to Christian radio. Growing up 
in Southern California listening to Calvary Chapel Radio and listening like, oh, that's good. That's good for somebody else. Until someone actually shed light upon the fact that if you're hearing it from the Lord, guess who the Holy Spirit's probably speaking to? You, right? To me. I was thinking, oh, yeah, I don't need to repent. This is for someone else. They're a really dirty, filthy, rotten sinner. They need to repent. And the Holy Spirit enlightens me first. Why? Because he wants to work through me, but he's got to work in me first, doesn't he? These are God's principles. So you and I need to choose who our master is. As you spend time with the Lord, endeavor to hear from him. He'll whisper things to your heart. He's trying to get you to be corrected and directed. And don't just go to him, okay, Lord, give me, give me my answer. Do I go to this place or that one? You know, many times we pray for like one of two choices in life. Right? To go to that college or this one. That guy or that guy. That girl or that girl. That job or that job. Or this, you know, those are typically the things we look for, for his direction. But what if he's first trying to correct me before he can direct me? Which is more biblical. Right? That's why repent and then follow. Not follow and then repent. It doesn't happen that way. <laughs> repent first, then follow. So let's remember about this word servant. Paul understood this. I'm going to go to the next slide here to share this with you. Uh, some of you guys remember when we opened up this book, that was actually in 2022, we opened up this book, Paul opens up. Look here, if you would, turn with me. Can you go to chapter 1, verse 1? Romans 1, verse 1. Paul understood this word. He made it apply to himself before it applies to you. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. So when Paul opened up this book that we call Romans, he uses the same exact Greek word, doulos, to refer to himself. It's just translated in your Thomas Nelson, New King James Version Bible as bondservant. Same Greek word is translated in chapter 6 as slave. Or in the King James Version Bible, the same exact Greek word, doulos, is translated as servant. So Paul understood this thing about being a bondservant. Okay, and I have it here. This is from Thayer's. You get this definition. You, by the way, Blue Letter Bible it. You can go to Blue Letter Bible, either the app or the website, which I highly recommend. Uh, there's tons of great teachings on there too, but you can dig in the original language and you can even see this on there. Look what it says. I circled it here in the red. Metaphorically, one who gives himself up to another's will, those whose service is used by Christ in extending and advancing his cause among men. And look at this, this definition here. Devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interests. Don't you love that? The Spirit of God within the born-again Christian will get you to do this, right? To be devoted to Jesus Christ, disregarding your own interests. But the carnal Christian, which is an oxymoronic statement, and this used to be me. This is why I want to exhort people that are there, because I, I can comprehend that. They'll be like, uh-uh, I ain't going to do that. No, God, you tell me what you want me to do first, and then I say yes doesn't happen that way, right? The principle of availability, here am I, send me, Isaiah 6, verse 8, and then what? Then God told Isaiah what he would do. We treat God going through the classifieds, look for a job, mm, I don't like that one, how much does that pay? Full benefits? Yes, that's the one I want, and then we give our availability. Don't you know you're treating God like he's an employer? It's, that's not how it is. So if Jesus is Lord, should the servant ever disobey the Lord? 
should not be. I, and I'm not saying that you're not going to have troubles. I still have issues. He's still got to clean up a lot of mess within me. Pray for me, if you will. There's still a lot of junk. But look at this. Devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interests. This is what the Lord wants in our lives. So this word for slaves, let's go back to chapter 6. In verse 16, you are that one's slaves whom you obey. You are that one's doulos whom you obey. Servant, bond servant, slave. Whether you're going to be a slave to sin and Satan, it's going to lead to death, or a slave or servant, bond servant, of obedience to Jesus leading to righteousness. So this word for doulos, Paul understood that he was, quote, a doulos, a bond servant. That's how he opens up the book. Right there at the very beginning, very first verse. A bond servant, a doulos of who? Of Jesus Christ. You guys might remember when we went through that message some months ago. Hey, I want to, and I, I believe that the Lord wants each and every one of us as his children in the family of God to be able to make that statement. Fill in the gaps. Fill in the blank. Drew, a bond servant of what? Money? No, that's, that's following Satan. A bondservant of anything in this world? No. That's also one and the same as worshiping and following Satan, right? I need to be able to say, Drew, a bondservant, a slave of Jesus Christ. Bondservant? What is that? That's where you choose to be bound to that master. This means it's your choice. Think about this. Is God going to force anybody into heaven? No. Does he force anybody to follow us or follow him? No. Now, he can mess with you. Anybody know that? Right? Like Jonah, he can start like mess with your will there. <laughs> Still going to be your choice to get jump on a very expensive boat that's running directly opposite of what he's wanting you to do and where to go. And it could almost cost the lives of, of people with you. That's like Jonah's story. That was my story too. So he wants you and I to be bound to him by choice. That's bondservant bound to him be a bondser bound to him by choice lord i give up my right i surrender we sing these songs all the time please please pay attention to the songs okay by the way uh, in this church at least we want to filter things through god's word so we pay attention and there's songs that no no no. that's like speaking of i don't want to be singing about my feelings and emotions that's what i did in the world forget my feelings why because i got to crucify them you don't coddle your feelings that's the flesh what do you do with the flesh? What does God want you to do? He wants you to crucify it, right? Sorry. Sorry. Some of you guys are like, oh. Now we know who was sleeping. <laughs> but God wants us to crucify, just like, bam, right? Like the hammer into a wooden cross. That's what you and I need to do. So forget our feelings. So you and I need to be bound to a master. Who's that master? That's Jesus Christ. That's a bond servant. So let's stop playing games with the Lord. I need to, to I, I have to come clean and just confess that sometimes I could just treat the, the regular routine weekly that we go through. It becomes like a job sometimes. And I, he wants my heart. Right? A lot of times we sing these songs. I'm giving you my heart and all that is within. Right? And I surrender. But it's like, yeah. And I, I imagine the Lord's like, okay, not really. You, you try to sing it, but that might sound nice in English, but I don't know what you're talking about. I don't want to be there. So you and I need to be a bond servant of Jesus Christ. 
if you and I aren't bound to Christ by our own personal choice, by default, guess who you're already bound to? Satan and sin. Somebody here needs to hear this. Okay, According to Romans chapter 6 too. So being a bondservant of Jesus Christ, if by default, if I don't bind myself to him, I'm already bound up as a servant, a slave to sin. And that's how many of us were like that. I was like that, trying to lie to everybody. And in the privacy of my own heart, I, was, I know I was like lying to myself. And I had to stop lying to myself. Like, what am I doing? Like, like lie to my Christian friends. They would, they would pass by one guy would, would uh, see my Bible just sitting in one spot. And I think he would strategically try to move it a little bit just to see, you know, is it dusty? It's like, hey, that's a nice book. When's the last time you picked it up? Get out of here. <laughs> and God would send people. He does that probably with you. Does he do that with any of you? He did that with me. And you and I need to be bound to him. So by default, if we're not bound to Jesus Christ, we're already enslaved to sin. That's how I was. That's why I want to preach against this. Like, wow, I can't believe you put up with me, God. And I've got to realize that there's a lot of American Christians that are faked out. That a lot of American Christians are preached a false God and are given a fake gospel. It's anemic. It can't save anybody. And in the end of it, and throughout their life, you realize they're actually worshiping who? Self, which is one and the same as worshiping Satan. We've got to be careful, guys. Satan's really smart, and he's already duped a lot of Christians. So you and I, by proactively choosing to be a bondservant of Jesus Christ, we're actually saying, no, because you can only serve one master at a time. Please understand that. You can only serve one master at a time. By saying no to being a servant to sin and to Satan, I'm saying, you're no longer my master. And this, this is actually what happens when you and I become born again. But what we've got to do is make that conscious choice by being that bondservant. Make that choice. You've got to choose your master. There's no middle ground. You can't have two masters. Either sin and Satan is a master, or Jesus is your master. Let's continue on. Let's see what else unfolds here. Verse 17, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. We need to understand that Jesus freed us from these things. I don't want to go back into that prison of self and sin and Satan and put those handcuffs back on and then close the prison door and say, okay, I'm comfortable here. I want to stay here. Why? Because this is all I know. I've known this for years. That's where I want to stay. But he wants to call us out of that prison. So some of us need to realize what it says here, like in verse 18, having been set free, you and I are set free from sin, you became a slave of righteousness? That's what it says. Verse 19. Why is he saying slave? Look at verse 19. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness. Why? It says, for holiness. God, I want you to come into my life and to be, help me to be more holy. Yes, I know the Holy Ghost comes within me. You're going to train me for things like holiness. 
Well, what's a day-in, day-out thing that you need to do? Present your members as slaves of righteousness, it says, for holiness. So Paul has to use, as it says, are human terms. What is that? To describe, hey, you're either a slave to one or a slave to another. And if, you know, Jesus rescues us from being a slave to sin, which is one and the same as being a slave to Satan, so that we'd be enslaved, if we can capture that term. It's just a human term, so that you and I would be bound to Jesus. Okay? But he can't just steal you away and force your will. He needs you to be that bonser. I serve you by choice. I am bound to you. But notice this in verse 19. It's not. What's this for? What does it say at the end of verse 19? For what? Guys? Shout it out. Shout it again. What's it for? For holiness. So Jesus already rescued you and I out of sin, being a slave to sin, and he wants us to be enslaved to him, so to speak, a bondservant, servant by choice to him, and for what purpose? Holiness. For holiness. This word for holiness speaks of a consecration. He wants us to be consecrated over to him. It speaks of this purification process. This is our sanctification through. I'm going to refer you to something here before we wind down the close. In Exodus 29, I think you can see it here on the screen. Exodus 29, you can turn there if you wish, but at least uh, know where it is. It's being on display here. Exodus 29, verse 20. When Aaron and the priesthood were consecrated over. Now we're talking about consecration. It's for consecration. It's for holiness, which is what it's speaking of. When Aaron and the priesthood was consecrated or given over to the priesthood, a ram was killed. Look at what it says here in verse 20. You see it on the screen. Then you shall kill the ram and take some of its blood and put it on the tip of the right ear of Aaron and on the tip of the right ear of his son. The priest. On the thumb of their right hand, Everybody hold up the right thumb. Okay. And on the big toe of their right foot. Everybody, no, just kidding. They <laughs> kick the person in front of me. So on the big toe of their right foot and sprinkle the blood all around on the altar. That's Exodus 29, verse 20. So here's the illustration. When Aaron and his sons were consecrated over to the priesthood, a ram was sacrificed. Who do you think that was indicative of? Symbolic of Jesus, the Messiah. And it's blood. By the way, a ram is a male, a male sheep, a mature sheep. You guys remember talking about football, like the rams, right, the horns? Not all sheep develop horns, but the, some of the males do when they get older. So this ram was killed. It was sacrificed. The blood for the ram was applied to the tip of the right ear for the priest. Now you're probably thinking, oh, that sounds a lot like this New Testament time. Well, we are given over as a new covenant priest. Oh, that's just the guys. No, the girls and the guys in the body of Christ. Blood was applied on the thumb of the right hand. Blood was applied on the big toe of the right foot. You may have heard this before, and maybe you've heard me or others teach on it. But blood was applied on the tip of the right ear to signify 
All that I now hear is consecrated to God. All that I hear is consecrated to before holiness. Holiness, which leads to righteousness. Right? So I, I need to consecrate myself. Well, I'm a born-again Christian. I can do what I want. No. <laughs> you need to be consecrated. Oh, this might speak to somebody here. I'm hoping and praying that it does. So you and I need to guard our hearing to only hear holy things. I'll tell you, when I was a DJ, nobody had to tell me that I couldn't play these potty mouth club songs anymore. You know who told me? The Holy Spirit. There's something when He comes in your life. People come up and they go, yeah, they come drunk to the DJ booth. I used to work in you know, several clubs in like LA and Hollywood. A long time ago, many moons ago, okay? I was still, I was a Christian, but I was trying to walk like they say, one foot in the church, one foot in the world. That was me. And there's no discipleship at that time. I wasn't going to church at that time. We'd teach the Bible. No mentoring until later. And God came into my life. I didn't know He was living within me. He started to speak almost like shout. I couldn't play certain songs. And after a while, you know, some of those songs you get people to scream to, and I was good at it because I devoted my entire life to that. After a while, I couldn't play a lot of those songs. And it's a strange thing. Like some of you guys that may not have been a DJ, it may have been like, oh, i got to get rid of my records. Actually, who here remembers what a record is? Okay, I'm kind of dating myself here. Some of you guys, I know what a CD is. <laughs> you may have to get rid of your records or your CDs. Yeah, vinyl. So for me, I was going, I did the scratching. That's what I did. And I got good at it. It's like a gone thing now. But I had to get rid of I'm talking like, I had a wall of records. That's a lot, thousands and thousands of dollars. And the Lord was greatly convicting my heart. I had to get rid of all that. I read something like this Nexus. Oh, you want me to be consecrated. And you know, bond servant. So a servant bound to you by choice. I just wasn't choosing. And the Holy Spirit, Spirit was greatly convicting my heart. Like, no, you can't play that stuff. So I'm like, no. I think I remember joking around with some guys after like some potty mouth song, so I throw on something way more mellow, like a kid friendly kind of thing. In a, in a club, right? People, boo, all this stuff. When you're a DJ at a club, it's like, hey, you control things. But God was greatly convicting my heart. He was grilling me. And I, I had to dedicate my ears and the music I listened to. To this day, if you can imagine, like the songs I listen to, they're, they're way mellow <laughs> compared to what I used to listen to. But you know who's changed and transformed me? was the Holy Spirit. It's not me. Nobody had to teach me these things. And he's trying to get me, maybe trying to get someone here to consecrate, to give over your life, dedicate your life to him. It's got to be your choice. Sponsor. Blood was also applied on the thumb of the right hand to signify that all of their work and all that they touched was consecrated now to God. So some of us maybe need to dedicate that to God. But God, as I click on that website, or I go here, or I pick up that magazine, like, oh, come on, it's harmless. Maybe these are some of the things that we need to dedicate over to the Lord. So that you would guard your hands to only touch holy things. So the blood was applied. Lord, apply the blood around. Lord, apply the blood of Jesus to my hearing. Help me to guard over these things. 
to my thumb so that everything I touch, all the work of my hands, is now consecrated and dedicated to you, no longer to the flesh and sin and Satan, but only for you. Blood was applied also where? On the big toe of the right foot, signify that all my choices in life and everywhere I might walk was now consecrated to God. And this is something that the Holy Ghost is working in my life too. I'm like, I can't go to that place anymore. Is that any of you? I can't listen to that stuff anymore. I can't do that stuff. And I can't go to those places. I can't even hang out with y'all anymore. That's how it was. Man. I had some like Christian friends. We'd sit there and smoke pot and drink up. Like After a while, I remember the Lord was really greatly rebuked in my heart. And I shared in this group of guys. Like a year later, flash forward, nothing changed. I remember sitting there. Again, nobody had to tell me these things. I was sitting there you know, with my buds, some of my buddies. like, you feel it's kind of weird? Because we all call ourselves Christians. Any of you guys feel it's kind of weird that nothing really changed in this last year? And everybody looked at me like, no, what are you talking about? It's just stupid. Shut up. And only one guy out there was like, yeah. Like, I think God is telling me I can't do this anymore. Like, maybe it was that only two of us were born again. I don't know. But God was really radically transforming me. And big toe of the right foot, I couldn't go to this place. I couldn't hang out with those buddies anymore. In fact, they weren't my friends. Right? So you and I have to guard our choices. And our, our walk needs to now be consecrated to God. Dedicated to God for what? For holiness. Lord, you are training me for holiness. In fact, you put your Holy Spirit, you yourself, come to live within me train you for this. Let's continue on. Verse 20, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. For now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. Verse 23, For the wages of sin is death. Sin pays. <laughs> Do you know that? Sin pays. What does it pay? Death! But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Notice this. Verse 21. What fruit? I mean, think about this. What fruit did you have in hanging out if it was like me, drinking it up, drugging it up, partying? What kind of fruit? Yeah, rotten fruit, right? I remember times when we used to laugh, like, oh, let's go do this. Let's go smoke some buds. And my friend, I had a lot of friends that were dealers. And your DJ at that time, you gain a lot of friends. So I never had to buy. I'd always be around. And nobody told me that you could lace stuff <laughs> in the stuff, right? And so I didn't know what I was thinking a lot of times. I had some friends that were just little out there wacky, and they would lace some of the marijuana and stuff. And a couple of times I thought I was going to die. Nobody tells you that when you're, you're getting high off this stuff or, or drinking it up that you might wake up like, how'd I get here? <laughs> That's messed up, right? I had a period in my life because of some of the memory loss I think I had during those drug days where like a whole week or so went by. And I remember asking my friends and, and my sister, I think, wow, I don't even know if I walked around naked. And I mean, that's just... <laughs> Just, just thinking, I have no recollection of what happened during like a portion of my life. And I praise God that God can heal. He, he healed and cleaned my mind up, gave me clarity. But that, this is the things that drugs do to you. Like what fruit came out of that? You're sitting there barfing out your guts. You're going, oh, God, 
God, I help me. Never gonna do this again, right? And because you know, apart from Jesus Christ, this world, this life is boring. I'm sorry, it's boring. I understand why some people gotta drink and you know drugs and sleep around. Why? Because life is boring without Jesus Christ. When Jesus is your Lord, He's your God. You follow Him. You obey what He says. He keeps you away from the junk that's going to harm you. So He's done a radical change in my heart and life. I just hope and pray that He does that with you. That's where you're at. So either we're going to be a slave to sin or a slave of righteousness. We're either going to willingly follow Jesus as a bondservant, obeying Him, which will lead to a life of righteousness and holiness, be consecrated to Him, like we mentioned about the ears, that all I would hear, let it be consecrated to you, God, in my hands and thumb. All my work, and everything I, including where I click on, places I go, all dedicated to you. I need to be consecrated. So perhaps the Lord is speaking to someone here. I don't know. Okay, perhaps it's a whole bunch of you. I'm not sure. But maybe if that's you, that he's asking you to be consecrated to him and to use your life. Look at this again. For what? For holiness, it says in verse 19. Now present your members as slaves of righteousness. It's for your holiness. He wants to help you. So if that's you, then as we close, remember the blood of Jesus has been applied to your ears. So then guard your hearing, that your hearing would now be consecrated to God. And lean on the conviction of the Spirit. Now, I'm, I'm your brother and friend telling you that even if nobody tells you these things, the Holy Spirit, if you're born again, He's living within you, and He could change someone like me that was just a potty mouth DJ into someone that, because the Spirit got greatly convicted me, even when I wasn't listening, it was over and over, nonstop. And He wants to train you for holiness. Guard your ears, though. So get rid of listening to worldly potty mouth music. There's like a lot of stuff. Just, oh, that's okay. It could be sexually provocative. And he doesn't want your ears to hear that. So I had to do that with DJ. Remember the blood of Jesus has been applied to your hand. The all of your work. You need to guard everything you touch. All your work. The things that you click on. Whether on your phone or your computer. Guard those things. Websites you might click on. The, the spam email that's trying to bait you to get you to click on. You just know. You click on that. Okay. Game over. Don't go there. So make sure that what you touch doesn't kill your consecration to God. Remember also the blood of Jesus has been applied to your feet. Right? This is good. You guys applied it today. You guys came in today. Praise God. Congratulations. You guys came in today. Okay? Keep coming in. But guard your choices in life. That everywhere you go remains consecrated to God. Well, I'm going to a place, and I'm going there in ministry. Good. Go there and be a light. Okay? But, but don't be a thermometer that will just change. Be like the thermostats. If you go there and you set the temperature in Christ, they change around you. Well, it's hard. It's taking a while. Good. You be that thermostat, so to speak. The thermometer will just change according to the environment. I go to a place that's spiritually cold, and it gets cold. I go to a place that's hot on fire, and I get hot. What is that? That's, that's not following the Lord. Allow Him to use your life and you could change the environment. So make your choices in life where you don't things that your walk gets killed. That your walk is consecrated, dedicated to the Lord. So again, remember 
Romans 6, verse 19. Can we all stand, please, as we close here, as we close out this chapter? Remember, verse 19, that you now present your members as slaves of righteousness for what? Holiness. For what? Holiness. For what? Holiness. Awesome. For holiness. Father in heaven, we thank you for this time, Lord. Help us, God, to proactively choose you. Each of us, Lord, you know that you want us to be like the Apostle Paul, that we can be bound to your choice, that bondservant. We would rather call ourselves slaves to Jesus Christ than to be a slave to sin. That's the old life. That's in Adam. We're crucified with you, Jesus. We're buried with you in baptism. That old life is dead. Help us even as we learned before. We need to reckon these things as dead. We're dead to those old life. Those things, Lord, that we used to do. The, maybe the people that we would choose better friends in Christ. Help us with this, Lord. Help us as we move forward that we present ourselves to you. As it says here in verse 19, slaves of righteousness and it's for holiness, for your glory and yours alone. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.